Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply football social daily This is Football Social Daily, the award-winning Premier League podcast. You know that saying, some things are inevitable in life. Death, taxes and Manchester United getting a home draw in the cup. It's yet another Old Trafford tie for the Reds and they face a Newcastle United side who knocked out the mighty Manchester City last night. Plus, we discuss why Aston Villa's new home shirt is an absolute piece of kit. All of that to come on today's show. If you hit subscribe, that way you'll never miss an episode of FSD again. My name's Niall and Marley and Joel are with me as ever for the podcast today. Good morning, boys. (laughs) Funny, I was was actually going to say good afternoon today and then I thought it's part of me now. I might as well just carry on saying good morning. Everyone in the States, it's perfect for them because they're just waking up to Marley Anderson saying good morning to them every single day. Whereas everyone in the UK is like, is this guy based in Manchester or is he based in New York? <laughs> Marley just doesn't sleep, just wakes up in time for the podcast. <laughs> it's an animal. Does the podcast and goes back to bed. Yeah, just 24-7 FSD, that's, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs that in their life, trust me. Nobody no. needs 24-7 football social daily. But as I said, if you do want to keep up to date, With all of the latest episodes, hitting follow on Spotify or subscribe on your favourite podcast platform is the best way to stay in the loop. Right, Carabao Cup action has been taking place over the last couple of days and there have been some interesting results. We spoke about Manchester United winning against Crystal Palace in convincing fashion. They are the defending champions of the competition and their reward for beating Crystal Palace is a home draw against Newcastle United. Another home draw a home for Manchester draw? United. Wow. Is that like 11 in a row or something? 12. I just read that the odds of that happening were 4,000 to 1. So it's not all bad luck for Manchester United at the moment, is it, Joel? Well, it's bad luck for Newcastle because we're going to have to do a part two re-up on the wheel it, wheel it back to the Carabao <laughs> Cup final. <laughs> well, if anyone remembers from last season, Joel and Jim had a bet as to who would win a trophy first out of Manchester United and Newcastle United. Jim said said he thought it would be Newcastle. Joel backed his boys, Man United, and they met in the Carabao final. So they had a little handshake on it. 
And yet again, Newcastle and Man United meet in the Carabao fourth round. But before we talk about that potential tie, we've got to talk about how Newcastle got there, seeing as we did the same thing with Man United a couple of days ago. And that was by beating Manchester City by a goal to nil at St. James's Park. And after the first half display, which is all I watched of the game yesterday, Marley, I didn't think Newcastle had much chance of getting out of there alive. They were camped inside their own half. They had one breakaway at the end of the half through Jacob Murphy. I turned it off, went and did something else, and then I saw the scoreline at full time and Newcastle had won one nil. So can you fill me in on what happened in the second half, please? Uh, we we scored. Um, <laughs> no, we uh, we That's... we. <laughs> you know what, that, that just reminded me of when you know David Moyes in 2013, where he did a post-match press conference when we were in the absolute mud, and he said we just need to improve our goal scoring, defending, pressing, <laughs> passing. He just listed a whole basically everything. <laughs> well, you scored, Marley. That's a good thing. It won you the game. Tell us about it. Uh, yeah, well. We, from half time, I think you know there was a bit of frustration and and stuff in the in the performance. But I think looking at the looking at the team we put out, you know there was there was three three players that get in the starting eleven, um, and everyone else was was second string. Paul Dummett was playing a game against the best team in the world, his first competitive game since he played Tranmere in the same competition last year, like. That's the level of uh, of sort of task that was that was given to him, but he played really well. And in the first half, it was you know Newcastle was sitting off and Man City were were dominating the ball, and that's what Man City do. And you know the the commentators wound me up at during the first half because they were like, "Oh, Newcastle should be showing more," and you know they're just letting City play. And I was like, I sat there thinking, City are the best team in the world, and they do this to everyone. Like the the tactic is let them play and just don't let them through. Don't try and do a half-hearted press because they'll be in and they'll score. So yeah. it's almost I heard like... one of the commentators actually describe it as an inferiority complex at one point. Yeah. And... Is that just because Manchester City are the best team around right now? So but even I... Newcastle, as good as they are, they're obviously going to stand off at some point. I thought that was disgusting. <laughs> I thought that was really bad commentary because look at the team we're playing. Look at the... as in, in, who we're who the opposition are look at the team we're playing look at the fact that we've just played two games in a week there's obvious ways of and there's there's a million ways to win a football match you don't have to go toe-to-toe with everyone you can't you'll get battered Sheffield United tried to go toe-to-toe with us at the weekend and and pass the you know pass the way around us and they kept getting picked off and they lost 8-0 like this is a competitive league and you're playing a team that will absolutely wind you you know just just wrap you up in in passing and I feel like there was two clear philosophies and and tactical decisions in the first half to the second. The first was let's just get in the game, let's just not concede, and in the second half we'll press higher and we'll try and win the ball back if we're not one nil, two nil, three nil down or whatever. And you've seen that at half time. Anthony Gordon came on and Bruno Gomares came on. Uh, Bruno came on for seventeen year old by the way, uh, Lewis Miley, who is you know. Again, you're asking a 17-year-old to play against against Kovacic, 50 million pound Phillips, 100 million pound Grealish, and all the other talent that City have got. So, we took him off, brought Bruno on, and brought Gordon on for Lewis Hall, I think, on the uh, on the wing, um, and that gave us the the technique and the quality to to press a bit higher and to get in City's faces because City were coming out thinking they're just going to do this again, and they were surprised by the press, they were surprised by the energy of the of the team and. I think there's it's a it's a tactical decision 
um, an approach to the game, to, to the two halves of the game that's won us that match. Because if we'd pressed them from minute one, we'd have conceded in that first half. You can't do that when you've made eight changes. You can when you've got a, f- a foothold in the game, basically. Um, and we needed that. We needed to get to half time, ride our luck a little bit, make have a couple of saves, a couple of chances missed, whatever, um, and then kick on from the second half. And that's what that's what happened. We got a bit lucky with the goal, with with Rico Lewis not knowing what to do with it, and he decided to leave it and hope no one was behind him. Obviously, Alexander Isaac was was there, and you know we we took the win pretty pretty well from there on. I don't th- I don't think we were sort of clinging on um so yeah fine we're in the next round and the the hot manchester balls in the in the the little draw has pulled us out and now we're going to old trafford so it's going to be like a, a gauntlet of uh of teams because if we beat man united we'll probably get arsenal then we'll get liverpool in the semis and hopefully port vale in the final <laughs> yeah port vale have got another uh, draw against the League Two side, so amazing for the fourth round for Port Vale to have got that far and still not come up against any of the big hitters. They're one of the teams left in the competition. Newcastle, I don't think, would have ever won that game under Steve Bruce or a previous tenure. And I think the confidence that Newcastle have shown in recent times is coming to fruition with results like that. And I know it's only the cup and it's a competition which Pep Guardiola said that really his side can't afford to compete in. He didn't say that directly, but in no uncertain terms, Joel, that's what what he was saying. After the amount of football that his players have played, particularly with the treble last year, they'll want to do something similar this year. I don't think he's too worried about being knocked out of the cup, even though it's been great to him, that competition over the years. So how do you think Man City deal with this disappointment? And also, touching upon what we spoke about on yesterday's podcast, Calvin Phillips did get some minutes. How do you think he played? Well, they'll, they'll respond just as they always respond, which is probably just winning the next game and killing the next opponent. You always have yeah, to be... Wolves on Saturday yeah, I mean, as well. Wolves couldn't probably mm. ask for a worse fixture after City have just been beaten. But Guardiola was quite spiky in his post-match press conference when a reporter asked him, is the quadruple over now? And he almost... It kind of came at the reporter in a way which... Where he felt a little bit offended by the fact they were even asking that. And he said, oh, well, I've won the treble anyway, so it doesn't matter because I prefer that. Don't you think that's a bizarre question from the reporter? Yeah, 100% though? is Do you not. think the quadruple's over now? Well, yes. We just got f- knocked out. You- <laughs> well, it physically... <laughs> you know, I've asked the most like, obvious questions that we could answer. But yeah, I think in terms of City, it's, it's not really a hindrance to the season. I don't think quadruple's something that many teams... Like last season, for example, City won't be thinking, oh, I wish we would have won the tre- uh, the quadruple. Because, okay, Carabao Cup's a great trophy to win, but it's just never going to be on the kind of same tier as all the rest of the other three. Um, but yeah, good luck to Wolves because the next game, I know City played quite a weakened team. No Haaland, Jeremy Doku coming off the bench, Bernardo Silva barely involved. So it's going to be, again, a tough ask. But with Calvin Phillips, I think he made a decent account of himself. But you, can, you can't you can half tell how much of a quality and difference there is between him and Rodri on the pitch. I think you can determine how good a defensive midfielder is when opposition fans celebrate them being out of the team. So, for example, 
whenever Busquets was injured for Barcelona, everyone would be thinking, thank God, because the guy's like a metronome in the midfield. Even a period of time last season when Casemiro got suspended and we had to go to big games and he wasn't playing, opposition fans were saying, I'm so happy that he's not playing. With Rodri, he's literally determined out- outcomes of games for City at the moment. And he is such a big miss. And I think, I know there's been a lot of hype around Calvin Phillips saying it's one of the biggest weeks of his City career and Guardiola saying how he's not really got the best out of him. But in my opinion, the writing's on the wall for him regardless. When Rodri comes back in, he's not going to not displace Calvin Phillips. They go straight back into the midfield and that's it. And then when Kevin De Bruyne is back in, Calvin Phillips will be nowhere to, seen, nowhere to be seen again. So in my opinion, it was just the wrong club, wrong choice. Not necessarily because of his quality, but for the fact that he's so competitive and he's just... Guardiola's blessed with so many riches that he doesn't really care about the other players in the squad because he can just go and get the next best, the next best. So in my opinion, Calvin Phillips, for the good of his career, probably just needs to move on, I would say. Well, Manchester City will need to move on as well because they are out of the Carabao Cup. Are we going to make a deal then, boys, seeing as it's your two teams against each other in the fourth round? Newcastle against Manchester United? Well, we having another, a Newcastle going to win a trophy before United again. <laughs> Famous last words from Jim, he said that, and he was never seen on FSD again. <laughs> <laughs> I will never sit here and say, we'll win a trophy soon, because, like, I could have said that for the last 50 years, and I'm not 50 years old. And I would have been wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, we last won a trophy in, I mean, the championship. D- does it count? Not really. I don't I don't think it does. Uh, as much as I love the Intertoto Cup of 2005 win, it was a certificate on a piece of paper in a frame held up by Scott Parker before a, uh, a Premier League game. So that one's not really a thing. So I can't, I'm not never going to be like what Jim says <laughs> and just go, well, the way things are going, you know, this all and then some wild accusation, some wild thing comes out of his mouth. But nah, I can't. Uh, it's physically impossible to win a trophy before uh, Christmas. So let's reserve judgment. For people who can't see right now, Niall's got his FA Cup final ticket that he's now showing to Marley because and it's he's not framed. Seen that in a long time. He's framed. God, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Wait a sec. Yeah, it's framed. And what? You gotta keep it preserved. No, just watch. No, you... Go on, come on, Marley. Come on, come on. It's say something. Funny. <laughs> it's just funny. You've got. You've also got a framed uh, shirt as well in there in the background, haven't you? Of Portsmouth. Yep. With uh, Linvoy Primus Pompey, on the last one, a trophy before Newcastle. That's Portsmouth crazy. and Wigan and Birmingham City. Who's that? <laughs> the list is a long list of teams that have won a trophy more recently than. Newcastle United so it's been a long way it's been a long don't way. I know it which is why I'm never gonna say anything like oh we'll win a trophy soon like, nope never saying that I guarantee there would have been a lot of Geordies framing the Carabao Cup final tickets had they won that against Man United they probably are they're, they already are framed as it is <laughs> just an honour to be there <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can buy the actual Intertoto uh, Cup trophy that we got on eBay at the minute so in fact you can just print it out <laughs> Well, I wonder whether Newcastle's Castor kit from last season would have been framed by a few people had they won the trophy as well. And strangely enough, we're going to be talking about Castor football kits next on Football Social Daily because Aston Villa have had issues with the manufacturer and their home shirt this season. And it's having an impact across the club. We'll talk about it after this.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. This is Football Social Daily. Carabao Cup action over the last two days. Newcastle are through to face Manchester United in the fourth round after they beat Manchester City. And Aston Villa have perhaps missed an opportunity. This is a better Aston Villa team, Joel, than we've seen in recent years. They ended up losing to Everton, which is quite a hard thing to do this season because (laughs) Everton have been rubbish. So before we come on to talk about the issues with the Aston Villa kit... Do you see it that way, the same way that some Aston Villa supporters do, that this is maybe a mischance when you look at some of the ties that have come out of the hat in the fourth round? Is this a missed opportunity for Villa maybe to go deep into the competition? Potentially, because you would say realistically it's their biggest chance to win a trophy because the FA Cup is just so competitive and I think teams naturally just take it a little bit more seriously. But No, they'll win the Conference League. If they don't win that, it's a failure. Yeah, with Christ. the with the level of teams, but even still, we say that. But the teams that actually are in it, the European teams, they take it so seriously. Even the ones, the minnows that you've never even heard of that are in their groups, it's going to still be a really difficult trophy to win. But Unai Emery is a bit of a king when it comes to European trophies, especially mm. the Europa League. So I'm sure he'd like to add this one to his list. But there's only a few games of the Carabao Cup left before you're at Wembley. If you look at the fourth round draw. Here are the ties. Mansfield versus Port Vale. That's good from a Villa perspective if they had stayed in. Ipswich, Fulham. Man United, Newcastle. Bournemouth, Liverpool. That's two all-Premier League ties. West Ham versus Arsenal. Everton versus Burnley. So Aston Villa would have had Burnley. Exeter against Middlesbrough and Chelsea against Blackburn. To be fair, it was a decently strong side from Villa. It's not like they've rested a huge amount of of their main players like Leon Bailey, Diaby, Tielemans, Louise in midfield, John McGinn, they all played. I think they just, uh, it's, it's strange. I always find it strange that teams treat this competition. And when I say teams, I mean teams that don't always win a trophy or haven't won a trophy in a long time. Why they don't take this competition more seriously because it's such a realistic way of at least winning something. I mean, when Birmingham City won, won it a few years ago, 
at least they tried to take it a bit more seriously. Same with Tottenham when they got dumped out in the previous round. Why on earth did they not treat that more seriously? Because I know when Postacoglu was talking about it, they asked him, you know, is your goal to win trophies? He didn't really necessarily say yes. Of course, it's going to be something he wants. But it's more so instilling a culture in the club. But okay, that's nice. But bottom line is, go for the trophies that are realistic, what, what you could actually win. I feel like the Carabao Cup, I know that it's... I think it's seen as an inconvenience to some size, to be honest, because maintaining Premier League status and maintaining a good level on the pack in the Premier League is worth more in terms of value and in terms of actually remaining there. I just think it's worth more. I think potentially you need to add more incentive to go on and potentially try and win it because at the moment, if you look at the past of who's won it, typically it's one of the top four teams all the time. That's because they have way more depth and that's because they have more financial power. So it's difficult for all the smaller teams to win it unless they just go all out and try and win it. But yeah, for Villa, maybe a missed opportunity. But like Marley said as well, I think if they treat the European competition a bit more seriously, I don't see why no, why they have no reason to try and go all the way. Right, let's talk about Aston Villa's other issue from last night, which was the players complaining that the shirts are weighing them down. And I don't mean that metaphorically, that the weight of the Villa crest on their chest is holding them back. I mean, genuinely, when the shirts get soaked with sweat or soaked with rain, as we've seen over the last few days, when Storm, is it Storm Agnes has hit the UK or Storm? Storm Is it Agnes or Angus? One of the two. When they get saturated, they become heavier and they're starting to weigh the players down. You'll see some photos on social media, I'm sure, of the shirts almost sticking to the Villa players and the club have actually been in discussion, Marley, with their manufacturer, who are Castor, to come up with a solution because this wasn't happening with Aston Villa's kits last season. It isn't happening with other kits made by the same manufacturer. I know Newcastle and Wolves also have the same kit manufacturer as Aston Villa do. So what is the solution to this are they just going to have to deal with it these villa players for the time being until they come up with some sort of resolution to the issue uh, i think so yeah um i can't see from a logistical point of view castor rolling out some new kits in time for you know villa's next game or or even the game after that it'd probably take them at least a month to to knock something together so it depends how bad they feel the situation is cuz you you know the the logic would suggest that you just stick with it for in for now because you've got no you've got no alternative. But if you're that desperate, um, Villa's women have been playing recently in the training kit. Um, I don't know whether there was an alternate reason for that, maybe sponsorship or, or something. But well, the women's Super League season hasn't started yet. It starts this weekend, and as we've just joked about, there is a storm coming into the UK, and it's going to rain all weekend. And the twelve thirty kickoff on Sunday in the WSL that Aston Villa are playing in, according to some, the Villa women are petrified of wearing this kit for obvious reasons. We know that there's an issue with objectification of women footballers. Yeah, there is. Um, you do you do see it every now and again when the kits. I'd, it's not necessarily cast or you see it with a lot of kits and it tends to be like, you know, you see it sticking to them and you see like players six packs sticking through and stuff. And you're like, he's absolutely shredded. Like that's, that's actually doing him a favor. He looks brilliant. But obviously with <laughs> when the women are doing that, it's a bit of a different issue, isn't it? I suppose. Um, but Castor aren't going to fix this quick. It's there. They're still a very new company. The manufacturing is, 
has took a lot of criticism to be honest i think there's been there's been multiple cases of um of uh quality issues with their with some of their their kits whether that's the pro versions or the the replica versions that you you know your your fat bloke in the stands is wearing at the weekend and castor have spelt their own name wrong or the logos printed badly or whatever it has been a bit of a teething process for them um but that's the nature of it, isn't it? I suppose they're always going to be fighting Puma, Nike, Adidas, and in that space. Uh, and this this isn't going to help them really. I think I think what didn't help them as well is the when Villa started complaining about these kits. It was after the um, the Conference League game last week, and in the Conference League they don't have a sponsor. And when the sponsor is not there, because it's a, it's a gambling sponsor, I think, uh, Aston Villas, so you can't have it in European competition. So because of that, um, the full body of the kit was just plain, and that made the stickiness look even worse, because there's no sponsor to kind of break it up. So when you're sweating, obviously you're sweating in the middle of your body, um, and that is where the sponsor would normally deflect some of the attention type of thing, but because they had just a plain kit, and it's an ugly kit anyway, you know, it's always going to get um, criticism, and then it's obviously sticking to to John McGinn's belly, and everyone's going, "Well, that looks that looks horrendous," and then he's complaining that it weighs more, and it's just a, a bit of a mess, really. Yeah, I mean, I do feel for the women's team because obviously they've got other things to think about, and what they should be thinking about is how they can they win this game in the WSL at the weekend, and instead they've got maybe other issues that they're thinking about when it comes to the kit and how that looks, which is a shame, really, but it's one of those things that. Hopefully, Castor can knock on the head pretty quickly. Just from a Villa perspective, and yes, they've done very well this season, and yes, they'll be disappointed they're out of the Carabao Cup. How do we feel about their new look crest? Because it's another Premier League team who's gone for the roundel design, and obviously Villa have got quite an iconic badge, but they've changed it for this season. I just think it looks like, because on, and the reason I say this is because I noticed it on Emmy Martinez's goalkeeper kit, because it doesn't have the Villa colours imprinted on the badge. I thought it looked like a Chelsea badge that had just been flipped. I don't know what you boys think. Yeah, it's a shame. That's the way football's going at the moment. I think it's easier for them to brand it and it's just, it looks way more modernised and simplistic. That's the way all the clubs seem to be going at the minute. I mean, when you look at Chelsea's badge, Manchester City's badge, I mean, you can go on and on and on. Brentford's badge, they're all just templates of each other. I recently saw a kit when I was just browsing through Classic Football Shirts, their website. That's not a sponsorship, by the way, but if they want to sponsor us, absolutely reach out. And I looked at Chelsea's old logo where it had like the CFC kind of going around the side with the, I don't know if it's a dragon or whatever it was. The lion. And it, yeah, the lion. It just looked absolutely class on that black kit with the grey um, line going down the middle. I always remember when Makaleli and Robin were wearing it in Mattia Kesman. And it just it just looked iconic, but that's the way the football's going at the minute. You even look at Juventus when they changed their iconic emblem to the J. And that's purely from a branding perspective. Clubs are looking at it now from a pure business perspective and just seeing how they can make their badge look really recognisable in the world. But again, like you said, they all just look like templates of each other. Everyone's circular. You look at Melbourne City, New York City. They're all the same. All the same kind of look and all the same kind of typography and design. So, I mean, yeah, it's a shame. I think only a few clubs are going to ever remain with their badge. I mean, you look at Real Madrid's badge. 
I don't think that will ever, ever change because that's almost like a very iconic silhouette. Same with Manchester United's badge. It's not circular, but it's a little bit different. I think that's the way football is just going to end up going, isn't it? It's just modernisation of it all. I'm just looking that the, the Chelsea line and the Aston Villa line are very similar. They're both in a similar position, except the Chelsea line is holding some sort of staff or stick, whereas the Villa line faces the other way and is... Leaving. Yeah, not holding anything. <laughs> yeah, that's Villa, they actually put a statement out yesterday, I seen it, um, saying that the badge that is now, like the crest that they have now, is going to change next season again because the crest that they have now isn't... They, they said something like, it hasn't had the desired impact on the fan base that they hoped it would. Well, it's a kit-only crest. Villa yeah. released that crest, the round one that Joel was talking about, to yeah. only feature on the kits. It's like a soft launch. Like, they, they put it on the kit, and does anyone like it? Oh, I know one really likes it. And then they're going to do it again. I guess it comes from that Leeds launch. You know, That's, from the... <laughs> I got the same vibes from it of, like, they've gone, well, they don't really like this one. Um, and then they even said, like, the welcoming feedback. So that just opens the gate to to silly things with like that Leeds badge that they nearly launched and it was the worst thing anybody's that ever seen. That is just still unbelievable to this day. First that of all, but it looks like advert. a Gaviscon advert where someone's yeah. like coughing up the heartburn. And second of all, apparently they did, was it 18 months of research and then all you need yeah. to search is, um, do you remember like, it's on the top of a stock image website or something. Do you remember the story of it though? Like, so they, they sent a survey out to the, to the fans and it was, um, the survey was like, the question was, um, what do you think of when you think of Leeds? So a lot of Leeds fans said, well, the Leeds salute, which is that chest, um, you know, put like putting your arm, hand on your, on your chest. Um, and a lot of people said, you know, blue and yellow and, and random things. And they were never once asked, what do you want on the new badge? They were never once said we're redesigning the badge. So when all this feedback came in of like this, you know, this flow chart of of words and stuff like that, and every <laughs> the Leeds fans just went, Well, everyone loves the salute, so let's put the salute on the badge. I would have loved to have and been then in the that badge room when out, they got man. the final edit and they'll all look to that screen and thought, boys and girls, we've 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 done it. This is yeah. the I'm badge. gonna annoy the entire of West Yorkshire now and say that Leeds United in their entire history have had one good crest. That's it. All of their badges over the years, apart from one, have been absolutely shocking. I quite like the the badge that they've got sort of now. Ah, uh, see I don't like it. I don't like it. It looks like the front of a front radiator grill of a good ten ton truck. <laughs> painted in yellow don't forget when these were all designed they were all on clip art just well that's together. it isn't it that's it because the i think the original leeds logo was the lufc which was just like with diagonal lighting font. yeah with the yeah, italian yeah. italic font then there were some terrible retro looking ones in the 70s the sort of the blue and the yellow kind of curved looking lu um the best the, the peacock one that was shocking as well obviously the modern one i'm not so much of a fan of the lead salute was dreadful. The best one was the one in the 80s and 90s where it was the Yorkshire Rose with a football in the middle that just said Leeds United. That's the best Leeds badge. All the others are rubbish. I, I don't know. Number one, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> and number two, I, I quite like it. The one, because I always think of when they were in the um, the UEFA Cup and in, in Europe and that blue and yellow with the 
was it Hewlett Packard that sponsored them and stuff? Oh, Packard Bell was it? Sorry, um, and it was it was just decent. It's all right, but yeah, they're all obsessed with becoming more. Um, what's the word like when you wear it on the street and stuff? And the badge is yeah, more, it's more of a lifestyle brand, isn't it? Yeah, like a fashion badge, and it's like no one's, you know, no one's gonna wear. A, you know, it's still always going to be Leeds. So if you wouldn't wear a Leeds top outside anyway, you're not going to wear one because it's got a cool badge. Like, you're going to wear your shirt regardless if you're going to wear your shirt at it's all. It's like you know? some clubs like Venezia, for example, are a terrible team in Italian football. Like, they're not very good, but yeah. they make amazing That's kits. Sexy kits, though. And people love them, but, yeah. But I feel like the, sit- the city's got to have an association to style. So like exactly. Paris Saint-Germain, the reason why their kits are so nice because it's Paris. Or Venice is very stylish. Milan, another one. Florence. Leeds. Yeah, yeah I don't really associate them with style at at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> we need to stop getting stuck into Leeds here because their fans it's, will hate it's us. It's not just Leeds, though, is it? Like Villa. Yeah. You know, no yeah. one's going, oh, to Birmingham's a beautiful place. You know, like, <laughs> or, or Newcastle or Arsenal it, in London or something. In all fairness, know. no, no, Arsenal. I think Arsenal would make quite a good job of it. I think you see more people wearing Arsenal kits for fashion. Like the yellow, the London, Bruce though. banana I think most kit. Most London kits can get away with it. Mm. Yeah, London's a fashionable place, clearly. Right, that is it for today's Football Social Daily. Nice one, Marley. Nice one, Joel. Don't forget to hit subscribe and you'll never miss an episode of FSD again. You probably won't hear from us now until Monday, so that's the best way to be notified when that episode is released. We'll be reacting to all of the weekend's Premier League action, including getting off our chest some of the things that have annoyed us over the course of the top flight weekend. So enjoy it, whatever you're up to, and catch you then. Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network.